Before we get stuck into this podcast, go to your local bottle or pub and ask for a last man standing. A perfectly paced Australian lager. At just having a crack, we love it, and the boys at Last Man Standing are great supporters of the show. Check them out on tap or at your local bottle Let's get on with the show. I'm Luke Feldman. Um, I'm on this week's episode of Just Having a Crack with Banger and Blakey. Hey, I've just jumped into the studio. Blakey's just popped outside, so I've actually snuck in here and I've got my mate Grant Mason from Orso Insurance has snuck in as well. Grant, how are you, mate? I'm fantastic. How's everything here? How's everything going for you? Great. It's been a busy, busy time, floods and busy insurance industry, but we're out there looking after people. As you do. Great tagline. We get excited by insurance, so you don't have to. Oh, insurance making me laugh. What's your number? 3048 8890. Website? Alsoinsurance.com.au. Call me or Blakey if you missed that. Great stuff. Thanks for everything you do for us. No, thank you, guys. Love working with you. G'day and welcome to Just Having a Crack. Blake, you hear him here with Banger and Banger. What a great day down at Turnbull District Cricket Club, huh? I mean, blue sky again. Mm. I mean, you know, unfortunately, we are sometimes coming back to Turnbull. I do, you know, it's not a great spot here, really. And I've got a bloke, we've got a bloke on today yeah. that would have played a bit of cricket here. Well, he, I liken, I liken uh, Luke a little bit to a great uh, fast bowler played down here by the name Bomber Gee. Similar a big body Bobby, shape. yeah, big Bobby. You know, and, and I love Luke too because I found out earlier on that he was mainly an innie bowler, but we'll talk about that in a sec when we get him on. Yeah. He's down here well, with he us. Well, he actually played a little bit better level, mate, than what you did. <laughs> he did, and we'll innie. talk about it. Luke Feldman, how are you, buddy? Welcome to Toomble. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, but yeah, I think I'm going to have to have a shower. Right now. <laughs> now, mate, look, our, our, mate, our recruitment drive hasn't finished for 2022, 23, mate. So Some big you know, bucks down here. You know, like Redlands want to keep pinching all of our young fast bowlers, mate. And, and the, way you, the way you trundled in last year here and um, when you were playing for North, so, mate, I reckon we could find a spot for you. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you – could you play for Turnbull? No. No, me either. No. And we won't go into that. <laughs> Did Mate, you? See, I, I was, see, I was offered to play at South when I finished playing here. What great. First grade. Oh, and, really? uh, <laughs> and, and I, mate, I couldn't bring myself to go to bloody South. No, you always did a bit. But actually, we always talk about it. We laugh. But Toonball, I love the Toonball guys off the field. We had a lot of good battles out here. It was always pretty tough yeah. in the early days at, at Valley. So how'd you go here? Did you do all right at Toonball? Oh, only as good as your last game, six for eighty. <laughs> six for <laughs> six for eighty. Yeah. A lot of bowling, though. Yeah. Oh, workhorse, mate. <laughs> workhorse. Mate, in all fairness, though, that track there was nothing in that track that day because I what you know I watched the bowl. It was as dead as a doornail. It's raining all day. Yeah, yeah, mate. I thought, mate, you bowled sensationally. Where really? It's fair. Hey, mate. Police, we'll talk about your cricket career in a minute, but you're here, you've got a shift starting at two o'clock. You've been with the coppers a long time, which we'll go back to soon. But, mate, what are you up to now in the police force? Yeah, I'm in the uh, missing persons unit, so, yeah, in the business of finding people. Wow, and, and, and how does that operate? I mean, who, who are they normally? Just, I suppose, they're people, that, they're kids, and what, what's the situation? Yeah, um, well, generally there's, throughout the state, there's about 20 to 30 people go missing a day. So, and the 
I'm say a third of those would be kids in care. So they're um, being looked after by the Department of Child Safety and they abscond for the night and they've got mandatory reporting requirements to um, report them missing if they're not where they should be. So, and then that takes up a lot of our resources trying to find them. And, and mate, how do those leads get to you? So, like, uh, are you, so can anybody sort of ring your department or, or sort of go to go through a station and then they filter a bit of that information before it actually gets forwarded to you, to your section? So, oh, so our, our unit's more like a support function. Yeah. So as soon as there's a missing person report taken on the ground, so we'll, we'll do an audit yeah. um, of all the missing people from for 24 hours and then revisit two to five days. And so we're always checking all the uh, missing persons occurrences to make sure we're on top of it. But um, yeah, as a support arm, uh, we do things like if say an adult goes missing, um, we can engage the Privacy Act um, and then start looking at bank transactions to see if they've been transacting mm. or someone could be using their, um, their cards things like that and we can work with telecommunications companies ping ping phones find locations uh we liaise with queensland health we can do a just a, a quick check to see if they've had any engagement with queensland health so they could be in a hospital somewhere um yeah but once basically someone's a missing person as soon as they're they're not where they should be and there's a concern for their uh welfare yeah, mate, it must be pretty satisfying um, when you are working on something that, that, you know, probably isn't wrapped up in a, you know, two or three day process like, you know, like someone would be. So it must be pretty process, it must be pretty um, satisfying to, to reach a conclusion for those sort of, um, for those sort of jobs. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it is. So it's like anything though, some, there's some sad stories. Yeah. So some people are located, but they might, they may, may be located deceased. Yeah. yeah, when they go missing through um, suicides or um, e- even murders. That's one of our major functions. We work next to homicide squad. Right. So we have to try and identify suspicious missing persons and then we brief up to them. Yeah. And they start kicking off in, an investigation. Um, but, yeah, some, some are funny as well. <laughs> and you were... <laughs> <Funny complicated. laughs> yeah, yeah. The old... Uh, <laughs> Our mum and dad reporting the daughter missing, then she has to do the walk of shame the next morning. Oh, <laughs> oh really? She's yeah. out of that. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was going to ask you. I was going yeah. <laughs> to ask you that too. Do people sometimes not report people missing for a day or two because they think, oh, they might just be out, you know, out just with their mates or whatever, and and that time can sometimes be pretty critical. Yeah, it depends on the individual as well. Like sometimes it's normal for people to go off the grid for. Three or four days. So, and then by the time they are reported missing, we're already a bit behind the eight ball. And dementia and all that would come into it too, and that'd be pretty sad in that, some of those situations. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, dementia patients. Um, yeah, go and walk about. Um, yeah, the ki- yeah main, mainly the sad ones are the kids. Yeah, generally because. Uh, yeah, they've just got sad stories themselves, and they yeah. They'd run away from home a lot of the time. Just had enough at home and running away, a lot of self harm. Yeah, that type of thing. Mental mental health, people with schizophrenia. Yeah, right. Yeah, just so, taken off. So you do. Meds. So you guys do all age groups. So you guys cross into juvie and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, any person that's missing. Wow, that's incredible, mate. And you're. Um, we had a bit of it. I mean, from what you're doing there, we had a bit of a joke earlier on. But on the cricket field. Occasionally in the afternoon session, you would have had a few teammates that occasionally go missing as well. Oh, yeah. 
a few quicks after tea. Especially <laughs> on a hot day. <laughs> mate, I, I don't know. Mate, we, we play a bit of over 40s cricket now, right? And, uh, mate, I never used to bowl. Well, I sort of did, but not. But, mate, that second spell it, when you're over 40, can I tell you, mate, it is a killer. It's pretty hard when you're, <laughs> when you're under 42. Yeah. Mate, let's go back to the start, uh, Lukey. You, you grew up in Caboolture, I know. You obviously played cricket all, all your life growing up. Yep. Were you in rep sides, that sort of thing, going through? Um, yeah, kind of like the, the district sides. Um, no, no Queensland, no underage Queensland stuff. Um, I went to like state championships like with the, the zone teams, I think, um, like Brisbane North, or then we split to be Sunshine Coast Redcliffe. But yeah, um, played, just started when I was 10, yeah, chipped away, dad was the coach. Yeah, tell you what, he did, he did a good job on shift work too, <laughs> getting up early and yeah, my old man's a p- policeman as well. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah coaching us and um, training us and then yeah, pretty much played to year 12 and then yeah, halfway through year 12, um, played senior cricket. So Caboolture played a bit of second grade men's and then uh, yeah, moved up to Townsville. Before that, though, when you were there at Caboolture, because there's some pretty good standard there, wasn't there? That Sunshine Coast comp was pretty strong, wasn't there? A lot of ex-grade cricketers were playing in it. Yeah, actually, um, Jeff Polson. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jeff yep. Polson. He was now the, the Valley's lad. He was, he, was, he, was, he, was North, the pro. he was the pro there mm-hmm. um, when I was going through. I actually ran, I ended up playing against him. Uh, he was my batting coach. Well, that turned out well. <laughs> I was going to say, mate, were you always a bowler or did um, – Oh, junior cricket, you, you try and do everything. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, it was predominantly a bowler. Yep. yep. Yeah, because I looked at your, your batting average. was You did, you did score a first-class 50, though, which we'll talk about later on. Oh, oh. Yeah, talk about it for the rest of the <laughs> <laughs> Mate, actually, I was actually thinking when I did that, Shane Polson, but he was also a policeman, Shane Polson, who was a good quick that played for Queensland as well. But that was no, many years Mick, ago. Mick Polson. Mick Polson. Yeah, Mick. Yeah, Mick. Yeah. Anyhow, just do that one here. Mick Polson, he <laughs> played for Queensland as well as a copper, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good bowler, really good bowler. Yeah, he was. So, mate, moved to Townsville to become a teacher. Yeah, got into James Cook University to do education. And, um, yeah, didn't finish the degree. <laughs> this is funny because you, you were just telling the story there. You went into – they should have had you doing the – Yeah, did a third year. So – yeah, you don't do prac straight up. So I got to my third year of this ed degree and I, I was doing primary HPE and I thought, oh, what a job that's going to be. I'm just going to be getting <laughs> kids to throw beanbags into hula hoops. I can't imagine anything easier than that. And then um, they said, no, uh, you're going to have to do some classroom stuff. So they sent me to, um, I forget the, I forget the school in town, so it might have been Heatley Primary School or something. Um, yeah, year fours. And I just went, no way in the world. Can I do this? <laughs> was it like first day you went like that or not? Yeah, absolutely. I'm in this classroom and I forget, oh, <laughs> it, was, it was a nightmare. Year four kids and I just said, I can't do this for the rest of my life. And then I thought, oh, I've done three years of this degree. If they had done the practice first year, I could have found out and then I wouldn't have 40 grand hex debt. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, my daughter was going to do nursing and she went first, even when she was still at school, they took her to do some prac. And she didn't like blood and she pulled out. We like that when you go and be in it for four years, then they put you in a hospital and go and hate blood. Mm. Unbelievable. So you, you last year done then, were you, that was it? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, pretty much I thought, oh, what am I going to do now? So, yeah, my old man didn't want me to be a copper, so I put the application in. Yeah, with 
And then um, did he know for what reason, no. mate? Why, why didn't he want you to be a cop? Oh, just to just to protect me, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, it, it's it's funny, like that first year that you you're out and about. I didn't realise how sheltered I was growing up. Yeah. I just yeah. So going to these jobs, I'm ringing him up. I just say, I can't believe this, mm. and he just laughs at me. He's going, yeah. Mm. So what was his role in the police force? Oh, he was always general duties. So yeah. So he ended up. Uh, finishing sergeant officer in charge of um, Marion Station up there in the Pioneer Valley at Mackay. Yeah, right. Eh? But uh, yep. yeah, he joined. He was a cadet, so he joined at fourteen. Did did his schooling, and then yes, yeah, so he was in since the seventies. Um, yeah, and he yeah, Brisbane City, Woodridge, um, Logan, and then. Um, Caboolture, Redcliffe, Deception Bay. So all the good Is that where the Cole Campbell connection comes in? Was he a mate of Coles? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. I remember Cole yeah. talking about you coming through as a young bloke because yeah. Cole played at East. Yeah. And yeah, also a copper. I think Cole was a cadet as well. Yeah, yeah. and real good cricketer Cole Campbell. Yeah. We'd bowl him swinging both yeah. places. And do you ever compare war stories, mate? Because obviously policing now is different to what policing was, you know, probably back when your dad was cutting his teeth. So, you know, do you ever sort of sit down and go, well, you know, this is what we do now or... You know, it's a bit, up, bit, bit more we, old school in the old days. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it's very different. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how much I can go into what. But I mean, a lot of that. Actually, I'll, I'll say it myself though. In the old days, if there was a, sometimes they could go around, knock on the door, and say to someone, "Listen, mate, keep it going, yeah. and we'll sort you out." And and now they're not allowed to do any of that. And I reckon it used to get sorted out a lot better in the old days. Yeah, well, look, that Marion area in Morani and all that sort of stuff, that sort of stuff just outside of Mackay, you know, it's a real it's a real local community through those areas as yeah. well. So, you know, he, he probably, you know, he probably adopted a different philosophy working there than what he would have, say, you know, Woodridge or yeah. where he was. Yeah, or the, on the road when I was general duties... I was working in Innisfail and Charters Tower, so they were country towns. So yeah. it was country policing. You used a lot more of your discretionary powers. Um, basically, you just split, split the town into into two groups, those who contribute and those who don't. Oh, that works well. And, mate, yeah. all through this time, you're playing cricket up there too. Yeah, that's right. And starting to take I'm, a few wickets, make a few rep sides up there. Not, not all the time. When I first moved up there, I didn't play outdoor cricket the first couple of years. Um I played indoor cricket while I was up there. Um, didn't live too far from the indoor cricket centre, but I didn't really um, have connections with the outdoor. But through through indoor, um, yeah. So I had a had a two two to three year hiatus from outdoor cricket, and in that time too, I was a bit of a late late bloomer. So when I was at Caboolture, um, yeah, I think I might have been shorter than mum, and then oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, then Mum's six foot eight. Um, <laughs> and then, a couple of years later, yeah, I'm taller than my old man. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, hey, mate, that North Queensland lifestyle, did it agree with you, mate? Did you enjoy living up there? Oh, I loved it, yeah. Yeah. That's probably why you didn't play cricket for a couple of years. You just wanted to get up and enjoy it. Were you still fit, though? Were you, were you a... No. Oh, you weren't? No, so pretty much cricket. Um, so I was taught, I always loved cricket, but I had no idea about health and fitness or anything like that. But it wasn't until that when I started at the police academy and I was doing some proper training, proper running... And um, a little bit of strength and fitness work, um, wrestling, and yeah, mm. just, just yeah, getting a bit stronger and fitter. Um, yeah, the cricket took off at the same time. So that, yeah, they work well together. Yeah, obviously, two th- 2005 is when I um, 
started at the academy and that's the same year I pretty much debuted playing first grade and that same year I debuted playing first grade in Townsville I made the um, Queensland countryside. And then they played, what, New South Wales country? Was there a tournament or something at that stage? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, the country system. So, Townsville, pick a Townsville 11. So, I played my local club was Brothers uh, Cricket Club in Townsville, first grade, and they pick a Townsville 11. So, then Townsville play Mackay, Cairns and Rockhampton. And out of those four teams, they picked the North Queensland side. North Queensland play South Queensland. And then out of that game, the Queensland country side... Um, is selected and yeah, just that year that I played, that was we won it. We beat South Queensland. That was the I think the first time we won it in 14 seasons, uh, 14 years. Got the mower here on the oval here, Blakey. That's all cool. They mowing the the lawn. The um, oh, okay. They don't mow it week two here. <laughs> no, <laughs> we mow we mow the deck with we're batting. I give you the tip. they roll it here. I reckon they'd roll the outfield when they're batting. The um, mate. So at that stage, you're starting to get any any of the Brisbane clubs starting to show some interest or no, no, not at that not at that stage. Vic Williams, who coaches over at Sandgate, he was the he was the country coach that first year and took us over to Mandura in WA. Yeah. Um, it was a good comp. Um, the the other teams had some really really good players. Uh, Bert Cockley was playing for New South Wales. I had Jeff Cook, um, a couple of guys who played second eleven stuff for New South Wales. Uh, my last year for country at Barossa Valley, um, yeah, New South Wales had Michael Hogan, mm-hmm. who's now playing at Glamorgan, but played for years for WA. Mm-hmm. Joe Minney, yep, played Test cricket. So it's a, a yeah. few good cricketers coming through there. Yeah. It's a good grounding by the sounds of it. Yeah. yeah, it's good. So you're playing that country stuff and then did you – where did you first start? To, I think you played a second 11 game, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that was that same year. So 2008, uh, I was policing at Charters Towers, made uh, the Queensland countryside, made the, in the championships and made the Australian countryside. And uh, Joe Dawes, the Queensland – bowling coach at the time uh, on those tours they send a Queensland cricket representative and Joey uh, was on that tour and he was basically putting the hard word on me to move down and then at the same time before I went away to that tournament Queensland cricket were also they flew me down about six times to to take part in training sessions good for the frequent flyers with, with the with the bulls yeah and on the back of that tournament, that are um, that Australian Country Championships, uh, yeah, I played. I got selected for a second eleven game from from the country. What was that standard like compared to the country stuff, the second eleven stuff? I, did, I didn't think it was too dissimilar, like because they've changed the whole country system now. So all they do is play one days and twenty twenties, but. When I was playing, it was it was war of attrition. It was hundred over cricket, so you'd play, you'd go away for nearly two weeks. It was hundred overs a day, um, and you'd play four days in a row, so four hundred over days. It's and a good grounding. Going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, going back to back to back to back. Then you get a rest day, and then you go four again, and then you get a rest day, and then two. So by the end of it, it was like last man standing type stuff. So after, I think. From from that, they could the bowling coaches and they could tell that um, 
I could just had sustainability and I could maintain pace. So that was where they started to see you. And then Dorsey gets you, you come to Brisbane, you make the effort. The, that's a big call to change to move down. Yeah, it was, it was a big call at the time. Policing at Charters Towers, I could have just stayed up in Townsville, just been a country cricket hero. <laughs> <laughs> had it easy, lived, lived a quiet life. But uh, yeah, to, to move down, I wasn't promised a contract or anything, so there was no money. Uh, they just asked me to move to Brisbane. Uh, Joey, being an ex-policeman himself, yep. he he kind of knew all the tricks. Had a mm. <laughs> with the hierarchy, had to move down, had to get a transfer yep. first sorted, as well as my old man at the time. He had a few connections. Where'd so, you go? Where'd they put what what policing did you go to? So I went from general duties policing in Charters Towers to state traffic intel, which is where I met Cole Campbell. Okay, he was, he was the um, chief superintendent at the time. And if you're coming from Townsville, Blakey, big mountain, big hill there in Townsville, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. So where would you go to play to make him feel comfortable? He'd send him the valleys. Yeah, that's The big right. mountain. Yeah, that's right. Hot as, hot as hell. And the army barracks right there. And the army well. barracks. Oh, yeah. Would it feel comfortable there? Valleys was good. Great club, though. Yeah. Oh, actually, the first two years, I wasn't sure. We didn't. We only won one game in 28 rounds. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I said, Joey, where the hell have you sent me? <laughs> yeah. But... Um, then, yeah, Heath Pedrola took over as, as coach and I've got to tell you, that was satisfying, going from a club where we couldn't get a win to then in 09-10 and then 13-14 winning the two-day flag. You won the premiership, didn't you? That was a great – it's Gody and all those guys were just about their best, weren't they then? Yeah. yeah. Or Jack Wildermuth. Jack Wildermuth was coming through. Yeah, he was – I forget how old he was then, but he was, he was young. He might have been 19. Um, yeah, Lockie Pfeffer, who's – Played a couple of seasons for Queensland now. Yeah, myself, Matt Petrie, Josh Daskam. Good attack. Shane Cable, mm. Adam Lockhart Krauss. Who'd you beat in that final? University. That uni. Beat the bookworms. Yeah, and they, so it was Rido, Dom, Dom Michael, uh, Michael Phillipson, Hartley, Peter Forrest. Because they only won about 38 yeah. premierships, didn't they, in that yeah, era? Yeah, so, yeah. like, it's yeah, good. Yeah. It's called Walter. Yeah, Walter, Doc Holliday. So in 2013, Walter would be about 60 then, wouldn't he? He played till he was about 100, didn't he? How many wickets did he take? How good a bowler was he? Yeah, good good left arm. Left arm. So, mate, you're playing down here. When did you first play for Queensland then? So in your first year at Valleys, was it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, moved down, yeah, 2009 in June um, to start pre-season training. And then, yeah, I think it was in the... October or November, I got presented my baggy to play against the West Indies. Debuted with Alistair McDermott. Yep. yep. So who presented you with your baggy? Joey. Yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty that. cool. Yeah. yeah. So he'd yep. been with you right through that yeah. process. Yeah. The whole way through. Yeah. So mate, leading up to that point and getting selected, like who who were the who were the bowlers that were bowling for Queensland at the time that was sort of in your road yeah. that you had to sort of go past? So, oh, so that tour match. The Bulls were going good, good at the time, and I think um, a couple of blokes got rested because it wasn't a shield game. So it was Cutsy, Scott Walter, Chris Swan. Yep. And mm. then the attack that we had for the tour match was myself, Alistair McDermott, Nathan Rimsey. And Rimo. Yep. Was that Rimo's? Had he already played for Queensland at that yep. stage? Yeah. Yep. yep. Went to school together with Rimo. Yeah, <laughs> we were yep. talking about it earlier what yeah. a good bloke he is and a good bowler. He did have a good Audi. Yeah. He did have a good Audi. So that's your attack, playing with your mate from school and Ali McDermott, who you knew pretty well too, didn't you? Or is that first? Oh, I only really met Ali right when then. I first moved in, yeah. So that was, yeah, 0- um, 0- 0- 0- 0- 0- 0- 0- 0- 0- 0- 9 And, mate, at this stage, 
it was just sort of mindset going, yeah, I'm going all right here. You know, I'd be really keen to see where, where my cricket takes me or were you, ha- you know, where, where, where were you at with your cricket? No, getting that bag in your own is all I ever dreamt of. And I got oh. it. So I was like on cloud nine. So I don't, I, I didn't, I didn't see too far beyond that because I was living my dream as it was. Yeah. Like I didn't, in, in hindsight, you probably could go, oh, like if I had higher aspirations, but you got you got to realise like that how quick that happened. Yeah, it was yeah like to to go from where I was to to then there like that blew me away. Well, you jumped a lot of I mean you jumped a lot of great cricketers have been bowling obviously for a long time and yeah. you've jumped in there and 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 performed too. Yeah, yep. What did you get? How many wickets did you get? So I got three or four that first game, and then my I got made shield debut against. Warrior. We went down in that game. We got bloody Brad Hodged everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're a few years to get Brad Hodged. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, third third game uh, got eight or nine for the match um, in Sydney in at the SCG against New South Wales. Got five for. And then oh wow! Pretty much set up the rest of the season. After that, who who told you? Who gave you the call that you were in the Queensland team originally? Who, who were the? It was Razor. Razor, he was his head selector. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, mate, was Warner playing in that New South Wales side? Because you have mentioned, or Cap, yeah. that you, you know, that you got him a few times. Yeah. I, I did get him once, but because um, he'd made that debut already against South Africa. So, in the T20. Yeah. So, I'm like, same thing. Like, you're bowling against these guys that you've only seen on TV. Yeah. Only seen the SCG on TV, and then you're there. MCG on TV, and then you're there. Like, it's all just, you're trying to take it all in. And then, yeah, you're, you're bowling against Steve Smith, Kadich, like all, all these guys. <laughs> Did you say anything? Yeah, were you, yeah, were you, were I you was constantly <laughs> saying to Chris Swan, going, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and we, did you, I mean, you're bowling to these guys first up. Were you, uh, and like some fast bowlers have a bit of a chat. Did you say anything? Sw- Swanee helped me out so much. Like he was like my own coach at, at mid-on. Half the time, was saying, "Well, what do I do here? Nah, stay patient. Just keep doing what you're doing. Stay there. Don't move. Don't need to change." And then, um, that's great, isn't he, it? He, um, that that particular game, he made David Warner look ridiculous. <laughs> he just because Warner wasn't opening then, he was batting four, uh, five or six for New South Wales, and just a swinging ball. Swanee was all over him. <laughs> so he was a good bowler, wasn't he? Underrated. Yeah, Swanee. Chris Swan, yeah, yeah. Under Sweet. underrated. Kerrydale King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sweet King. I used to hate playing down there. Kerrydale. Oh. It's um mate, that's that's so cool. So he's a, and who was Skipper? Who was Queensland Skipper then? Chris Simpson. Chris Simpson. The best. Okay. He was the best. He made you feel so calm. Um You can see you can see why he's gone on, on Yeah, he'd just walk up to you just say, um, Righto, you're nervous as anything. He goes, What what's your best ball? I'll say in swinger. He goes, righto, you just do that. I'll set the field. I'll take care of everything else. You just keep trying to bolt your best ball. Jeez, I wish he was my skipper. Because, I mean, being the in-swinger, they always say, oh, have you got an outie? And I go, no, I'm just an innie. Yeah. And that's what, this is the why I love Luke, because he's an in-swing bowler. Yeah. And they didn't try and make him bowl an outie. Are you trying to tell me you're now comparing yourself with Luke? Oh, not really. But I just played in a different era. Yeah, I know. You played Moira. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually interesting. We will touch on it now. You you were an in-swing bowler. You didn't have an Audi. No. But you were t- you needed at that level to develop one, which I had to develop one, which mm. I couldn't. Mm. That's why I went back, slippery slide back down the grades. Yeah. 
It, it did yeah. help, didn't it? Yeah, I, it was. Um, wasn't till I was twenty-eight till I had a had an Audi. Anything that went the other way before that was a pure accident. <laughs> a big wind. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just so I was predominantly in swing bowler, so I took the ball away from the lefties. So I got selected in against most games when the teams had three left-handers in the top six, um, and to just get selected in more more games, I had to I had to come up with with, with something new. So took took a while, but eventually got there. So I got the out swinger. Wasn't quite as quick though, was it? You saying because your wrist, you couldn't get your wrist, you couldn't crack it. Yeah, um, yeah, with yeah with. That new delivery, I lost a little bit of my pace, um, but yeah, it was well worth it. Was well worth it. <laughs> yeah. But as a general rule, mate, and as you as you sort of started to go up into sort of representative cricket, and then then first first eleven cricket for Queensland, did you notice you had to adjust your your lengths as well? Like, did you sort of have to change, you know, your mindset and it's how you went about your work? Oh, not particularly. In, in the southern states, you had to drag your length back. I had a pretty good length um, for the Gabba, so I was always, yeah, always full. But but it's just, mm. yeah, you just do it. You have to do it for longer. That that that's the only difference. The best ball that any any first grader bowls out here is good enough for first class cricket. Is good enough for for Test cricket. But it's the balls, the other balls um, that you got to worry about. So yeah. So it's having that that consistency and the, the distance between your best ball and your worst ball can't be yeah, can't be that far away from each other. So you were when you came into that Queensland side originally, were, were you in, so you're saying you got picked against the lefties? So were you in and out a little bit at that stage, early stage? Because I can't because you ended up becoming a first pick, you know, very picked straight up. Yeah, yeah. Generally, um, well, look, there was a lot of left-handers around at the time too, but yeah, I was a little bit in and out. Yeah, yep. at the start. And what age were you where you actually became a fixture? Yeah, probably I played about eight games that first season and then probably that my third year, that's yeah, that's when everything kind of got got consistent. That you always have that second year syndrome. So I still got wickets the second year, but yeah. Um went for a few more runs, batters had plans against you and because I only swung the ball in or away from the lefties, the lefties were all setting up on off stump instead of middle stump. So they work out. Yeah, so they, they could leave you a lot a lot easier. So I had to come up with um, yeah, different ways. So I was coming around the wicket then, trying to angle the ball in, trying to force them to change. So yeah, a bit of cat and mouse. I bet you're glad the day you got your Audi and you play in the first game after you got you worked your Audi out and you're playing against someone there, all of a sudden they go, Whoa, where did that come from? Yeah. Wish, wish I had that. Yeah, no, was, well, that's a, that's a thing, and then you just then it just it's, it's a mental war of attrition because you show it to them once, <laughs> and then they're doing doing their heading, going, when's he going to bowl it again? And then you just don't do it, and then they eat themselves up, and they end up schnicking one they shouldn't be playing it. I had batsman waiting career for mine. Yeah. Just on that, mate, because obviously you know down in the grey cricket stuff, a, a lot of finals played over four days, but over two weekends, so. What did you have to do for your body to play four days in a row at Sheffield Shield level? Well, it's, well not too dissimilar. Like I was already doing it in, in the country, so yeah. it's, I just bowled a lot. I just bowled and bowled and bowled. So it, it did make it harder later on in my career because then all of a sudden everything that I did to prepare to perform, I was told I wasn't allowed to do anymore because then you were – Getting with loads with and all that, restrictions yeah. and, and everything like that. So, 
I just had to go down to valleys and not tell anyone I was doing it. Because that's, that's the time, and we will touch on that now, and you can talk about it now because you're retired and you're playing club cricket, I know, still a little bit. But well, he's, that, come, he's come to terms. <laughs> that, that whole, that whole, um, whole st- um, I'll say it better, that whole time in Queensland cricket and Australian cricket where they were doing the loads and, and changing the way that you wanted the bowl, you didn't really like that, did you? No, but at, at the t- like I was already established too. Like my, I was body hardened. I, I, I wasn't immune to, to back injuries, but I think I already had gone through that. It's just that I'd, it happened in the country and I didn't have a thousand physios or MRIs to tell me what exactly was wrong. It's just my back was sore. Can I bowl today? No. Nah. And then, okay, it doesn't hurt anymore. I'm right. I suppose that's one of those things, isn't it? Because in, in that situation, it, there's, there's horses for courses, isn't it? I mean, there's times where some blokes probably do need to be, to oh, be exactly have right. loads, and, but other people like yourself just need to bowl. And yeah. it's just, you know, don't put them all in the same basket. Yeah, I remember I was out of form. Um, might have been my second year, and I just didn't know what was going wrong. And then yeah, the advice from Joey was, "Oh, you're just going to have to bowl your way out of it." And then, yeah, and he's right. Just kept kept bowling at a session. I was absolutely cooked, but yeah, and everything ended up working out. So it's, it's sad when you got to go down and bowl, isn't it? You got to go yeah, and pretend to bowl. But, but in in some ways, I I think it's um, look if you look at racehorses, for instance, you know some horses are on pace, gallopers, some are. Back markers, some one pace, some have got a kick, you know, and then it's up to the trainers or the coaches, whatever you want to call them, to Very you know point, to, to to work out how to get the best out of out of, out of the horse. And you know, like you know, you would like to think that that could be something all sports could adopt, really, because I mean, rugby league, you know, you you know, people rugby league and rugby uh, Australian football that they're both they just keep loading their players up, you know, they yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a week in week out. It's yeah. different, different, different world. Yeah, well, like I said, like I was always one that had to had to bowl. Even like the day before a game, top up sessions where you're only supposed to bowl a couple of balls and get on the physio table. No, I was always bowling, like a, a, for a good half hour, forty minutes. And then you see, you just go down, and, and but if you, you got in trouble, if they knew you were doing that, oh, not not the day before, because it, like, yeah. it was really up to you. It was your, it was yeah, how you prepare, but. Like when I was trying to get that outswinger, to only have 30 balls at training to try and develop your skill, nah, that doesn't work. So I was doing a lot of bowling at night down at down to the valleys, boys, with the yeah, steal the new steal the new Chang out, <laughs> out of the bucket, start swinging into um, all the left-handers' thighs. And how did you go in that shield? Side, you're in the shield team then. Was there any that you win a couple of shields? Did you win a shield? Yeah, uh, I was part. I was 12th man for the 2012. Um, my first year we were in the Shield final, but we went down, got Brad Hodge again. Um, <laughs> that was the one where he got a gazillion yeah. runs down in Victoria, wasn't yeah, it? Cameron White got a few too, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, chasing leather. Chasing leather that day. Yeah, um, and then you were 12th man the, what, the following year? Yeah, 12th man against Tassie, where um, Mag- Mags came back. So, um, yeah, Bacon and Egg McGoffin. <laughs> he um, he came back. Uh, yeah, I was twelfth year for that one, and then yeah, seventeen, eighteen. We, yeah, we we smashed them. That's uh, a Jimmy Pe- Jimmy Pearson yeah, captain that one. Yeah, that that whole year we just we were on. Yeah. Alan Border Oval that final. Yeah, Alan Border Oval, but that whole year even Schwepper, I think that was the most wickets of spinners ever taken 
in a in a year until he probably beat it himself like the the next mm. year or the the whole top we only used 13 players for the, for the year i think 13 or 14 so it wasn't like there was mass injuries from the squad the, the whole top top 5 averaged over 40 for the year uh, all the bowlers were averaging in the 20s and we all took 30 plus wickets it was <laughs> it was yeah we were we were just on that that year I don't, that was Uzi playing here then or not was he with the Australian side he was in the Australian side that's so why Jimmy captain yeah and uh, it was a, it was a great, it was a good side wasn't it are you at this stage are you starting to think I mean we look at your record 230 odd Shield wickets at 25 or 24.9 or something like that. Very similar I'll, to... Sc- I'll take 24. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty Boland and great... I mean, that's they're great figures. Scotty Boland, who played for Australia last year, very similar first-class um, record. Did you at that stage... Were you start at any stage starting to get thinking, hey, I'm, I'm not far away here from playing for my country? Um, no, nah, not, not really. Just the, the quality... It, like timing's everything in sport. Yep. Timing's everything. And at that time that that I was going through, Australia had some fantastic bowls. But yeah, it just shows like if you get an opportunity you, and and you just st- stick to what you do week in week out. That yeah, mm. if, <laughs> if, if if you got to go, like you, <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't have embarrassed. What about that? Oppo- <laughs> what about that opportunity he got though? I mean. The bowlers had done nothing wrong in the game before. They just picked him as a Melbourne MCG specialist. Mate, he's, but he's a good bowler. Like, he always has energy on the ball, um, whacks the wicket hard and puts it in the right spot. And the same thing, you put it there long enough, everyone nicks him. <laughs> Mate, you're working the whole way through your cricket career? Yeah, that's right. How many other players in, that you were playing for for Queensland had a job? Um, just 20. Pest controller, so he had his own pest control business. But, yeah, at the back end, even probably throughout the whole competition, I was probably one of the only ones with a job. So and basically everybody else was professional, yeah? Yeah. Oh, they do some study, so they study as well, so they're not – other boys weren't not doing nothing. Mm. But, um, yeah. What do you think about that in regards to people just playing professionally without a job? Oh, I think – well. I think it's great. I think that's fantastic that they can do that. I was because yeah. I kind of came in um, when a lot of people ha- had exter- external jobs, so it hadn't quite turned fully professional at, at the domestic level. Would have been the Australian setup, but um, yeah. So we were when I first came down, we were, we were only required to be at three sessions a week: two net sessions and one conditioning session. Um, and then you had a gym program, and you just did that in your own time. And then you'd, if you didn't do it, you'd get found out. Yep. Um, but, yeah, because everyone had jobs, everyone had things to do, so they couldn't just be there and be monitored. And then around about, I don't know, 20, 2012, 2013, similar time to when the Big Bash started, that's when there was a bit of influx in money, and then all of a sudden, with that money, um, came accountability. So then all of a sudden, the, not so much the players. The players have always been accountable because if they don't perform, you're out. Yeah. But there was accountability then on, on staff, on the support staff. So then all of a sudden with the Pat Howard era and the high performance, they had KPIs that they had to be meeting. So then, yeah, all of a sudden 
yeah, the coaching and support staff uh, were accountable. So then we had to be there. Yep. And I, and I suppose with the introduction to T20 cricket, mate, there's more cricket starting to be played. So I dare say that the police force would have had to be a little bit sympathetic to what you wanted to do as a sportsman. And but at the same time, you know, it's probably a bit of a juggling act for you to juggle work and work and play. At the start, like the country stuff, it, it, um, it was. But as soon as soon as you in the police, as soon as you play for your state or country, um, we're in our award, there, there's a leave entitlement there. So I got to engage that. I ran into to a couple of inspectors who. Um, who went, you can't get away with this. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I had the union on speed dial and they told him, yes, yes, he can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Hey, mate, just, the reason I probably bring up before about having a job and, and even Ali McDermott, who we had on the podcast, it, it is, it can be, for the guys that don't make it and go on and play, you know, for Australia or don't play for Queensland regularly, it can be pretty tough that you didn't have a, an occupation when you get flicked from a, from a squad. Yeah, and then you, yeah, I've, well, it allowed me to play with freedom. I knew the worst it could get for me is just to going back to work on Monday. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's as, literally as bad as could be. But guys who are playing for their contract, they've got mortgages, they've got families, um, and they don't know where the next move is. Well, that, especially with Ali, he said that tough. on the podcast. I mean, he all of a sudden went, he got injured, and all of a sudden he's, he's dropped from his contract. And, and it, it was tough for him for a long time. Yeah. Tough. Do you, do you think... Um, with the, I suppose, the brutality of professional sport now, mate, do you, do you think because that a, a, lot of the, a lot of the sportsmen don't have that base point, that could be where some maybe some of the mental health issues kick in because there's after sport there's, there's, there's not a lot there they've got to sort of find themselves? Yeah, but I'd say yes to that question, that mental health and in transition in retirement or when you get dropped, it, like it's, it's always going to be tough, but um, the Australian Cricketers Association and um, organisations like the Bulls Masters, uh, we're lucky in Queensland that there's no other state that does that. I don't even know if there's other organisations around the world yep. that do it like the Bulls Masters. But um, through the ACA, there's the education grants. Um, each year they put out internships. So it, it's one of those things you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. There's all these programs available. Um, two players to set themselves up for life after cricket, um, but it's up to the individual to take it on. I mean, Bulls Masters, you mentioned that. Tell us what they do for the players, which is, I mean, you play all these games and everything, but they're obviously doing a little bit more that we don't hear about. Oh, it's, it's, more, it's more the fact that you play for 10 years. Yeah. And, and then after that, it, it's finished. And then it, it's, life gets in the way, everyone's busy, um, and that camaraderie that you're missing, that, that's, that's mental. That's about getting yep. together, mm. telling old stories, me going away with um, people I idolise and then listening to them talk and yeah, different generations crossing over. And, um, yeah. and the, the charities that the Bulls Masters raise funds for as well, like Outback Futures, that deal with mental health. Yep. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great organisation. And then, yeah, they're that successful at it. They even sponsor the current team. Oh, I know. It's just yeah, amazing. It's but yeah. we, do, we do see everything they're doing. It's great to hear that, that they're actually not, I mean, getting all you guys back and, uh, and you go on the tours with them and country cricket. It's just, uh, it's pretty amazing what they're yeah, doing. Well, yeah, me 
basically that's the, that was my pathway through the country. So putting all those resources and trying to engage country cricket um, to, to just, yeah, to be upgrade the facilities out there and get the kids engaged and playing and let them realise that, yes, even though you live at Barcolden, there is a pathway for you to play for Queensland. Just because we live here doesn't mean this is the end of the road. It's pretty cool, man. Who's, go back to your career. Who was the... Who's your the blokes you love bowling to? You know, getting wickets and, and from other other states. Other states always. I like Maxi Klinger. So Michael Klinger, um, he played for South Australia and, and WA. He's a top order right hand batter. Mm. But um, yeah, he'd always play for the in swing, and then um, yeah, one would always just go straight. Not that I meant it to go straight, but he'd always nick it. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> he was one of them? Yeah, he was good to bowl to. And then, yeah, pretty much any lefty. Any lefty was good. Yeah. And some run. of these Queensland players that, that came through when you were there now, like, what about Marnus? And but did, you would have played with young Marnus when you first came into the side. Yeah. Did you see that coming? Well, that, As in, he's like averaging 60 at Test cricket. I mean, he's just gone another level, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he loves, he just loves cricket. He, <laughs> he loves cricket. I reckon he can overthink it too much at times. So, um, how was he in the dressing room as he first? You would have sorted him out, wouldn't you? Because he's a cheeky little bugger, isn't he? Oh, he's a, he's a pest. He's a yeah, he's a pest. But um, he's respectful. He's a pest, but he's respectful. Yeah, he would have been. And then he had all his Redlands mates in the team <laughs> too, didn't he? At the time, um, but Jimmy. Well, Jimmy would have been there, obviously. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy was Sammy there. has it for a little bit, I suppose. Yeah, even Millie. Millie. Yeah, yeah but Millie was. Yeah, Redlands or the Gold Coast. Millie's retired, you know, this year. Has he? Yeah, because he's got about an eighteen-week suspension, I think. But no, he's all good from the <laughs> final. <laughs> he said. Well, he's going to tell the umpire the truth or something. Yeah, I think he might have. He's um, have a chat to him. Ask him about the <laughs> semi-final. <laughs> he might have done that. He'll tell you. But um, yeah, uh, he's a he's a good man, Millie. Mate, what are you? Are you playing next year? No. You're done. No, we'll, I took on this new role, missing persons unit. So I'm back on shift work. So. People go missing on the weekends, bangers. That's it. Yeah. You're just you're done. And are you going to do any coaching? Um, I'm not actively coaching, but I never say never. If, yeah, I would say I'm more of a mentor than a coach. The technical aspect aspect of of bowling, I could just through what I've been taught, I could pass that on. But more so, I could more be a mentor. Don't you reckon, I mean, like you, I reckon as a coach you'd be, for someone that taught himself to bowl an outswinger or not taught himself, he would have been had some help at 27 and you're already playing first-class cricket. I mean, that's, that's pretty hard to do. There's not too many coaches who can work that out. Yeah, you've got to do it on the floor. <laughs> that's for sure. Otherwise, you're on your ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to come up with something new. Yeah, but, I, but I, like, to me, just being a part of the club for the last 12 months in an operational point of view, it's, it's an interesting progression but you know, particularly, well, for all cricketers, but, he, but the, like, we got some young quicks down here now, and, you know, they go through the 17s, 19s, and all that sort of stuff, and they're a part of the development program in the 19s. And then when they reach 20, if they don't make that immediate leap into the state squad, the, the main squad, they're, they're sort of in the ether a little bit until they progress past, you know, progress past the level of, you know, basically got to first, pick something. first grade cricket, you know, so... You know, to me, you know, we've got a couple of young blokes that you know would be would be invaluable to be able to have you know lean on the experience like yourself and things like that. Because to me, bowling's still an art. 
you know, it's it's hard work. It's, it takes a lot of effort to be a bowler. It's 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 not easy. It's a no, fast it's not bowler. A, and it's not hard to be. Yeah, it's oh, not easy. Look at you, mate. I tell you, I, I think it'd be. I think that it, you're right. That one step occasionally where they're just playing first grade, and it's just that one movement. And you, you might have been not even made first class cricket, and then that Audi would have made the difference. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, bowling is hard work. Mm. You just got to do it for a long time. Put it in the long, <laughs> the one area for for. Long time. The last two years, so I swapped clubs. So uh, I left Valleys and played the last two years at Norths. Um, Why? Uh, Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ken, well Ken, yeah, Kenny Healy threw the Bulls Masters. He, yeah. Same, for the same reasons that you're, you're, you're mentioning. He just yeah. Um, yeah, he just wanted me to, to be that voice. And I was playing on the field. It's not exactly what Chris Swan did for me. Yep. That's what I was doing at North. So that With a couple of pretty good young lads who now both played for Queensland. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Connor Sully mm. and Will Presswich. Yeah. Also the younger guys, Jeremy White and um, yeah, Neely. Yeah. So you saw that as an opportunity to help them. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's what it's great. I, I, you know, I think that's it's, it's something that, that we're starting to lose in, in cricket here in Brisbane, you know, like – when we played bang, you know, it was in your 30s you'd choose to retire where kids are giving away at 24 and 25 now, you know. It's, um, you know, to, to have to have, um, to have those experienced players still stay in the grade system, I think it's invaluable for the development of these young kids. Like your Milenkos and the, and, yeah. and the guys. And Millie's still coach. He's in a coach down there. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a society issue too, I think. There's a, it's the uh, everyone wants it now type thing. Yeah, uh, that, that <laughs> everyone was. They yeah, you got to work towards something. It's not just going to happen, happen straight away. Um, even like I was twenty five when I debuted. You're saying the guys are giving away at twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. So, um, yeah. But going back to the country too. Um, one of the things I say when I'm on those Bulls Masters tours, which is which is pretty relevant. So we need country kids playing because generally. The country kids are playing against men earlier. Yep. yep. And they've, they've automatically got that inbuilt resilience. Yep. Because they're, they're playing against men at 12, 13, mm. they're, and they're walking into the battlefield <laughs> and they're getting told how shit they are mm. by grown men. Yeah. And it's up to them that fire inside them to go, I'm going to prove you wrong. And then you've got the generalising here, it's not, it's not everyone, but the city kids. Uh, they generally get told how good they are. Yep. They're playing age group. They get their p- tyres pumped up, tyres yep. pumped up. Yep. And as soon as they come across that first bit of adversity... It's not good. Um, so w- with the police force now, mate, obviously, you know, it, I suppose it's in your blood a little bit because your dad did it. You know, um, what's dad, the... Dad, po- uncle, what, um, yeah, yeah. family business. What's, what's <laughs> the police... What's, what's the police force give you? Gives us a lot more of that camaraderie, and uh, honestly, it, it's it's a profession that uh, going in each day as a general duty cop, you don't know what you're going to. Yep. So, like people talk about competitive sport, never getting that feeling again. It can be like policing can be addictive because you never know what's on the other side of the door. That, that is adrenaline. At its peak, and then you've got you walk into situations that you like can't dream of, and then it's up to you. Everyone's looking to you yeah. to take control and sort out their problem. All police are problem solvers. Yeah. So there's a problem here. We got to walk in and say, okay, why are we here today? 
okay, let's work out how we're going to solve it together. That could be ending up being an arrest. It could be um, a referral. Finding it's, someone. Yeah, finding someone. Yeah, it's it 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 is. Yeah, it's a it's a job. Yeah, it's it is the job. That's why it's called the job. It is the job. It's it's interesting what you say there. I I got a couple of good mates up the coast that are in the coppers, and they've got a few people at the moment that are a bit crook. There's a guy that's had an accident. And he rang me the other week. They're organising a fundraiser. You know, they're very. You know, there's not many businesses that do that. No. And they are very into their own. I mean, they're gonna, they'll raise a heap, heap of money for them. Yeah, but it's an interesting point, though, too, because Luke mentioned the Bulls Masters. And, and it, this is something that you and I have spoken about with cricket. I mean, when, when you're playing cricket, you don't realise – like, you, you've got camaraderie within the teams and the odd people. But it's when you finish, um, you don't realise um, – what the cricket, you know, like the cricket community, it's the same as the footballers with them, you know, yes. in the league. But you know, the 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 sort of camaraderie is is still there. I mean, we still talk about crap that we used to play. But it's all your mates. I mean, the opposition, your your mates, yeah, I mean, your, not ne- your networking, networking. You know, like I, I I think that's understated too. And and to and to sort of the point, you know, we're talking about the kid, these kids are 23, 24. They don't get to experience that because they just don't stay in the sport long enough. They don't stay in the clubhouse long enough. Yeah. <laughs> One that I don't like. Yeah, but but I think um, have a good debrief. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I, but I think any time you can associate yourself with 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 positive outcomes, it 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 helps you anyway. Sure does. Hey, Luke, you mate, coming on just having a crack with us today. I know we've been talking about it for a while. You're doing great things. You had a great career. I mean, 230 wickets at just on 25. Well, you did get a 52, didn't you, with your batting? Average 17, about. Yeah, that's right. Very proud of my batting. Where did you get your 50? Who did you get that against? Against Western Australia at the Gabba. At the Gabba? Yeah. Now, is that as important to you when you got that 50, like when Glenn McGrath got his 50, as the five for or the eight five as you took? Oh, yeah. I was, it was like I scored a ton. It was <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cheers from the boys. Yeah, um, yeah the, even the crowd. Not that there was – I think there might have been seven people there that day instead of six. But, <laughs> um, yeah, the, yeah, it was – yeah, geez, I was proud of that. Where were you batting? What number? 11. Oh, you batted 11? Fantastic. Yeah. We are in the shit too. So me and Charlie Emfrey put on a 89-run partnership. And you got 50 of them? Yeah. <laughs> but I saw him to 100 as well. So Did you? Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Get, get him to, to 100 and then – because it was rain-affected uh, game and then, yeah, we just – we got ourselves a little lead and then, yeah, rock and rolled them. Had you been close to 50 before? Yeah, actually that same season because that was seven – I think that was yeah seventeen eighteen when we the year we won it yeah um, yeah I got forty seven against Tassie and I thought that was it that's my that was my chance yeah. I blew it <laughs> so if, if the gabba was rain affected the deck would have been doing a bit yeah yeah Duke Ball as well oh. I'll throw that in there as well yeah <laughs> oh the Stephen Billy Duke yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so how did you, you actually would remember how you got your fifty uh, what shot was played six oh Dorothy oh, that doesn't get any better where over where uh, top tier. <laughs> <laughs> no, that yeah. is good. And, and they lost the ball, otherwise yeah. you would have kept batting. Yeah, Darcy short. And then, um, no, nah, because there was a little rain delay. We had to come off and then um, I don't know what runs I was on, but yeah, Chuck said, Wade Second said, um, it, hurry up, it's time to bowl. So <laughs> hit out or get out. And I went, okay. <laughs> and did you get, was that, did you get out straight afterwards? Yeah. And Hemphrey got his hundred. Yep. Mate, that's a good story. I like that when blacks do that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Hemphrey would have been playing down here at that stage. So another. Did that one you played from Redlands? 
Wyndham, actually, I think it was. No, he played for Redlands. Was it Redlands? I'm not sure. I think he did. We need to check that one out, Blakey. Another one. You just keep taking them. Hey, um, on a serious mate, Luke, thanks for coming on Just Having a Crack. It's been fantastic, mate. Great to have you. Yeah, great mate, week. really appreciate it, mate. It's a, it's a great bloody story, and, um, you know, that's you know, that's what we – you know, that's why we do the podcast, mate. Really appreciate you coming on. Beautiful. Thanks for having me. No worries. Good on you, buddy. Hi, you've been listening to Just Having a Crack. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you jump across to our Facebook page and like our Facebook page, and more importantly, like the podcast on your favourite podcast app. That's correct, mate. I'm getting my head around this now, Blackie, because I am a complete Luddite. Yeah. But now to work out, subscribe, podcast station. People say to me, how do we listen to the podcast? Bang, and I go, well, you go to go into the podcast app. Yeah. And then you put in there, just having a crack. Yeah. Correct? Spelled H-A-V-I-N. Yes. Ha- having a crack, and you hit subscribe. Yep. And they all come up. Yep. You get all of them. How cool is that? Yeah, well, it's great because behind the scenes, there's a lot of work that goes into our you know, our, our podcast Well, there series. is, mate. You do most of yeah, it. Well, look, I mean, I'm fortunate <laughs> enough that you bring the talent and I, uh, and, I, and I just clean the back end up. But, you know, it's important that, you know, if you like our series, get behind it and support it because we really appreciate the uh, – we really appreciate the, the support and we really appreciate your comments. I think so, mate. I think at the moment, what's been really good fun is that we're getting – it's just like having a yarn. I mean, some people are saying to us, it's, it's like listening to a few blokes having a yarn and a chat or, and girls now. Mm-hmm. Um, having a chat and a yarn about life, general, their world, their sport, and it's cool. It's good Abs- fun. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for listening. Look out for the next one on your favourite podcast app, and you've been listening to Just Having a Crack. Let's have a crack. There are-